listening to the Artist Play Podcast. Here we talk about the research and fun, talk to people who are contagiously playful, and invite you to find creative ways to stay curious and develop your best human self. Happy Friday. Today we have our interview for June, and it is it was a really great interview. It was super professional. Uh, Kim Christensen, who I interviewed, we did it over Zoom and we did it a while ago. So again, you'll hear, you know, the typical Zoom things where we don't hear each other in time to not interrupt each other. But I kept some of that in simply because um, otherwise I would cut off some of the the recording, you know, the one or the other's recording. Um, but Kim is a business owner and a writer and she intertwines most of her creative juices kind of flow throughout the rest of her life. So she was a fantastic interviewee in that she's really concerned with the rituals of her day being intertwined with the fun and the, um, and the spontaneity of her work. And, um, she is a co-owner of Promptly Journals. So she is used to not only, delving into her own creativity to create those journals, but also prompting creativity from other people in order to, you know, get a response that is engaging and and recorded for history. And so in this interview, we talk about a lot of things about creative juices and how we keep that spark alive and how there's there's tips and tricks. But I also want to point out how much um, playfulness and joy Kim brings to her, to her work, to the, her perspectives on things and how much fun she has doing those jobs and how much just kind of lightness and joy she exudes. So without any further delay, let's get right into it. Today we have Kim Christensen here talking to us about imagination and play and about just the spark of curiosity in adulthood. So Kim, why don't you tell the good people listening who you are and and what you do? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you for having me, by the way. I love so much what you're doing and it was fun to talk a little bit, you know, before we jumped in to hear more of the amazing things you're doing. So this is something I'm so passionate about is playing as children, for sure, and helping our kids foster that creativity and curiosity and imagination in our kids, but just as important for us to do it as adults. And um, I'm a writer. I've been writing since I was, for as long as I can remember. And when I was in second grade, I remember, you know, my teacher, after the year was over, Miss Lewis, I'll never forget her, she told me, she said, you have a gift for writing. I was, what, I was eight? And I'm like, for someone to tell me that at such an impressionable age, and yes. who knows, did I have a gift at that time? I like to think so. But but she called that out and she asked me, she's like, keep writing, bring me your stories. Here's a notebook. And even though she had a whole new class to take care of, I would bring those stories to her and she would read them and comment on them and build me up. And so since then, between that and then, you know, my mom is a writer and she always encouraged that in me. I've been a writer and a journaler, and um, I've done a lot of different things and different professions in in that field. But right now, I own um, I'm an owner of a journal company with Jane Swallow of Promptly Journals and an amazing team. 
Um, I co-founded Loom Journals with a couple amazing friends, Tasha Seeholzer and Kim Stoddard, and we merged with Promptly Journals recently. And so I create prompted journals to help people better connect with themselves and their families. Um, we have two-person connection journals, and then we also have, you know, memory-based journals, you know, the traditional keepsake journals. And mm -hmm. I love that because, and that's something we can talk about at some point too, but I, journaling is a huge form of play to me. So we can, we can jump into that whenever, but that's, that's what I do. I'm also working on my second novel. My first one I haven't published. I'm deciding what to do with that one, but I'm working on a novel and um, yeah, writing is my main passion and reading. I run a blog called Talk Wordy to Me where I um, share some of my favorite books for all ages. Yeah, well, and I think that you have a really good breadth of, of subject matter on your blog that you talk about. You know, you talk about and and sort of, you don't, you're a very good presenter of here's some things that have helped me or here's some mindfulness things that have, you know, happened in my life. And then you allow people to kind of have the basis for feedback if they need it. And that's, it's go read her blog, people. It's, it's oh, wonderfully put together. And you're so kind. I, yeah, I, you mentioned the mindfulness. I love that too. And that's what writing is for me too. It's a form of meditation and mindfulness and and so that's something I talk a lot about too, is mindfulness and how to better hone in on what that means for you, how to have a balance with social media so that you can better find that um, and all of that. So that's another topic I love to, to talk about. Which, well, and I think 2020 is the year that we all need a little more of that. So I think that's completely pertinent to right now. So you mentioned that you love um, encouraging the playfulness in people. And what I want you to talk about is how you think we make that transition from playing as children to playing as adults. Because as children, it's a really innate, intuitive process. We sort of engage really naturally and we explore things really naturally as children. It's meant to be that way. And how we can, because it's, it's necessary that we leave some of that behind because adulthood brings on more responsibilities and more, you know, just more complications of life sometimes. And how do we make that transition without staying in the mindset of being like a small child who always needs to be entertained? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I feel like it's just what you said that we lose that because we start to think, oh, well now I have to be responsible. I have to yeah. leave the childish things behind me. Right. And it feels more indulgent as an adult to do the things that maybe, I mean, sometimes our passion and play brings us money and that's the sweet spot, but often it doesn't. So sometimes it feels way too indulgent as an adult to say, well, I'm going to take this time just to do some creative writing, or I'm going to go play soccer because I love that, or I'm whatever it is for you, I'm going to do art or I'm going to, um, you know, whatever hobby it is for you, it just feels more indulgent as an adult and it, and we move it down the priority pole, mm -hmm. uh, because we feel like we have to be responsible and that we, we kind of shift thinking. We think that, uh, that playtime, if you will, is not, not important, or it, maybe it's even a waste of time, which is sad because for children, their play is their work. Right. And, right. and that's helped me a lot as a parent to see 
see that when I think maybe it's not that important that they build this, you know, Lego tower perfectly, but they're very emotional about it. It's been important for me to step back and say, well, this is as important to them as my work is to me. And so that's been a helpful mindset, but, but yeah, I think it's just, and now, you know, working and being a mom now in my life, I realize how important it really is to hold on to and rediscover the play because it's the thing that makes me feel alive. And sometimes that crosses with what I'm doing, you know, with creating prompted journals, there's, it's, there's a lot of work involved there, but it's, it's amazing too. It's what I love. And so holding on to that, but especially, you know, the writing that I don't get paid for yet, which is writing novels. Um, I hope to someday be paid big for it, but right now it's just, I'm just doing it for the love of it. And when I prioritize that, I'm a much better mom and I'm a way more wholehearted, fulfilled, um, just human. So I think it's just recognizing that, that those things that make you happy, however simple they are, whatever that play looks like for you, making room for them in your life is not just indulgent and it's not a waste of time. It might be the most important thing. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we could end right there, right? Like that's like sign, seal, deliver. That's great. And I think the joy that you mention, a lot of times I find myself as an adult thinking I have to work harder to earn that joy, or I have to have checked so many boxes on my list to earn that joy. And not that I should shirk my responsibility but it is sort of our birthright, I feel like, to partake of that joy more readily, to be able to say, this life is meant to be joyful. This is meant to be experienced with happiness and, and fortitude in the hope that there's you know, going to be more time for play, that there's going to be more things to imagine down the road. And we, I think we forget that it's, joy is not a checklist, it's not, uh, it's not a list at all. It's not something that you can just pursue, but it's something to be found. Mm. And unless we're finding it in those everyday moments of our lives, I think we, we forget that it's not an earned badge of honor to get yeah, to play. I love, that. I love that perspective, like making, infusing it more as a mindset, not even just the, you know, 20 minutes of going to write or whatever the play is for you. I love that perspective of it also being a mindset that you can add the playfulness and the lightness to what you're doing every day. And I think like one little example of that is just like choosing to stop and laugh instead of cry or be stressed out. <laughs> I think like I, I'm someone who needs to be reminded not to take myself too seriously. I can get really deep thinking and, and all of that, which is great in a lot of respects, but it can also make for, you know, some heaviness. And so I love that. I love that reminder to add playfulness into your everyday moments. Yeah. I think, I think it's something that we all, I definitely need a reminder on a constant basis, (laughs) but I think that it's, you know, it makes for a more joyful life overall. If we sort of infuse it, not just in those few moments we steal away for ourselves, but let that carry over into the, the dirty pile of dishes or laundry or the work assignments that are stacking up or whatever it may be that they can infuse that joy if we let them. 
Yes. So what makes you feel like you, you can capture that joy as an adult? What, what is that for you? So is it just writing? Is it multiple facets of your life? What, what brings you that joy? I feel like I've always been a very imaginative person. And so like, I was the kid who played like house and Barbies and made up plays like long, long after the acceptable age. (laughs) So I won't even say, but I socially acceptable. I'm all for like, still play, still play, but go ahead. (laughs) Definitely. Yes. I'm talking to the right person. This is a safe space, but I, so for me, yes, my favorite form of play is with words for sure, because they're so fun to me. And I love what you can build from words Mm -hmm. and how you can evoke emotion through words and you can teach lessons and you can build a world and jump into that world. I love writing for that reason because you get to escape into a world you create. And also there's some sense of satisfaction that comes from the control you get when you create you, it's, you know, you get to be the master of your creation. And I think that applies to a lot of different mediums. But there, that I would say is is my favorite form of play. But having kids, and that's something I love about having kids is that they remind you to play if you let them. And I I love miniature things. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's no secret in our family that my youngest, I mean, my kids are getting older, but my youngest daughter, I take full advantage of buying miniature things. And it's just as much for me as it is for her because I find <laughs> so much fulfillment in those tiny things, like yes. little little doll houses and little tiny clothes and you know, all those things. And so that's something that I love to play with my children. Um, I would definitely say reading is a form of play to me when I, especially when it's fiction or picture books and it goes, it goes the same way as with the, you know, tiny things. I love to buy picture books, even if I know my kids, there's some that are more for me than for my kids. And I have no shame in that. You're never too old for picture books. I agree. So I yeah. Love, yeah. I love jumping into a story and sometimes reading them myself or, you know, having my reading them to my children. And that's a very connective form of play because, um, you know, we're both enjoying it. Right. So those are, those are the ways, you know, that I try to add play into my life. I mean, really we could go on and on. There's, I love being outside. I love hiking. Like that's a form of play, right? Right. There's so yeah. many in our, in our lives that could be classified as play. Well, I love that you point that out because I feel like some people think they have to just, it has to be contained in the box of a hobby or a, you know, something that's like, if they enjoy exercising in a certain way, it's also Mm -hmm. checking the box of keeping them active. Right. So they feel like there's this double productivity, but I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, I get picture books for my kids, not for the words just so I can enjoy the illustrations. I, you know, I really enjoy a very well or creatively illustrated story. And so there's a few things that feel playful or joyful in ways that, I mean, we have no more room for more. Like we have literally no more physical use for it, but it does bring joy. And we, you know, I can point things out to my children that I couldn't point out in a, you know, in a chapter book sometimes. And that just sparks different conversations and different connective tissue. I think that, that, you know, binds us all together. Oh man. And we could do a whole episode just on that because I'm reading right now, the enchanted hour, and it's all about what reading aloud and picture books do for your children, for their development and their brains and for your relationship. And there's such powerful research about 
um, how reading these picture books throughout childhood can is are the building blocks of you know a a productive, happy, imaginative, fulfilling life. It's and it makes me sad for the children who don't have access to that because we can't pretend that everyone has a mother or father to read to them. Yeah. Um, or if they do have a mother or father, if if they'll even read to them, you know, even or if, if they even have, have access to the books that, books. yeah, or, or good books, you know? And yes. so that's, that's a problem. And that's something, um, I would like to help out more with. And there's, you know, there's small ways to do that in terms of donating here and there that I've been able to, but that's, yeah, that's something I'd love to dive more into because I know that's an issue for sure, that there is a real advantage to children who, do have that access and are exposed to millions more words than, you know, other children. Yeah. So if you do have the access and you have the privilege, which you do, if you're listening to this, right. um, take advantage of reading aloud to your children and they're never too old for that. I, I remember, I remember my parents read to us until I was in, well, my mom read to us until we were in junior high consistently every night. And then every holiday we read, you know, a specific stack of books that were chapter books and we'd light a fire and we'd all cuddle up like Sunday evenings and they would read, you know, it was like, that was the activity and it was wonderful. You know, I, you know, I don't, I don't remember even sitting and doodling because normally that's my form of paying attention is I need my hands to be busy. Um, but I don't remember doing any of that. I just remember kind of soaking up all the you know, thoughts and feelings. And it, anyway, that's a whole, like you said, that's a whole nother aspect. And, um, and I think that it's something that spark, when you do those things, you spark that interest in other things. Like we talked about the, the joy carrying over into other aspects of your life. I think when you play, you also start to look for the enjoyable moments in the things you maybe don't necessarily like. So I have a hard time going to the gas station because I really don't like the smell of the gas station. And, <laughs> but I found that I, if I'm listening to a podcast that I really like and I get to feel like I run out and like do my little secret missions, fill up the car and then jump back in the car. Like the, the listening to the podcast is giving me more joy over the distasteful task of filling up the car with gas. I mean, yeah. it's like little tiny moments that you can notice and then mention, and then they, they just roll over into a different mindset of this is an acceptable way to pass my time instead of, I hate that I avoid it at all costs. I'm coasting on fumes. And then hopefully my husband doesn't have to come rescue me, you know, all sorts of trickle down effect, but yeah, those little joy rollovers in life, I feel like the more we accept that joyful play in our lives, the more we get that joy rolling over into everything. You feel it everywhere. So that yeah. to me seems like a better framework to lay down self-care or self-help or, you know, sort of your own guidelines of taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so what do you do for you in that self-care, self-help world? Because you know, I feel like we are, as women, we're the caretakers of the world, but also mm. we're the proponents of furthering the next generation to learn how to do it for themselves as well. 
So how yeah. do you, how do you do that for yourself in that, you know, helping yourself or caring for yourself in a way that shows the next generation how to do it? Yeah. I think for me, it's just taking stock in, you know, every given season of my life to take stock of how I feel. And if I'm living the way I want to, what, what do I want to add more of into my life? What do I want to get rid of in my life? Um, and, and for me, at least right now, I love, you know, writing, I love writing and taking that time to pursue that, even though I don't know what the end goal looks like exactly, you know, the publishing world is, Mm -hmm. is finicky, especially right now, but I'm not just doing it for that. All I know is that I love to do it and, and I, and it makes me happy. So it's really just prioritizing the time for that. Um, and, and when I do that, like I said before, I, I feel like I show up better as a human being. And so I think a lot of it is just mindset, um, and understanding that as you prioritize the things that make you feel grounded and whole, um, you're setting an example for your children to do the same. And when I have those moments of mom guilt for prioritizing that time where I get in with my writing group and go write for a day or, you know, go to the library for a couple hours or shut myself in my office and look at my computer screen, you know, um, I, I remind myself that my kids will, will prioritize themselves and their own dreams and the things that fulfill them when they grow up. And that's what I want for them. And honestly, especially for my girls, I don't want them to grow up thinking, oh, but I have to come second or, oh, I have to be the sacrificial lamb of my family. Oh, I have to, they talk about, you know, how she never did anything for herself. It was always about everyone else. And I'm like, I don't want you to follow that example. Right, yeah. <laughs> I want you to be kind and generous, but you can't, you can't give from an empty vessel and, and you have to fill yourself up. And so, so that mindset encourages me as I think about my kids and, um, you know, right now, especially my girls, because I want them to be mothers and find the joy and intense fulfillment that comes from that amidst the ups and downs. But I also want them to, um, you know, look for a relationship that allows them to still keep their individual identity and follow their dreams, because that's what will that in partnership, you know, with the dream of having children, you know, and raising a family is what will bring them that happiness and fulfillment. And I want that for them. So, so that's one thing, but, um, on a smaller, like day-to-day scale, I, I know this is like pretty cliche to talk about, but my morning routine. (laughs) So I, (laughs) I, I really do. I don't know. I would like to use another word. So it's not so cliche, but I, um, yeah, I just have a, a daily grounding routine that I do that, that helps me. And it's, it's waking up and it's taking for me, it's journaling. So it's taking some time to not worry about who I'm writing for, what I'm writing, but just to dump out words on a page. So I'll take some time to journal. I'll take some time to move, whether that's yoga or, you know, exercise. Um, and then beyond that, my kids are up. So that that's usually about it. But the, the point is that I have taken time for myself and I've started my day, not with my phone. My phone's not invited to that, mm-hmm. you know, morning yes. routine. Um, but I've started my day connecting to myself and then I'm better able to 
move throughout the day and not feel like my day was taken away from me or that my day is running me rather than me running it, you know? So I think just starting the day and taking advantage of the morning in a way that uh, fills you up goes a long way uh, in terms of self-care. Yeah. Well, and I kind of want to like circle back to your, the empty vessel giving, because I feel like the, the morning routine or taking some time specifically set aside just for ourselves every day makes it so that um, I s- sort of have the visualization of even a more than half full vessel is easier to give from than a less than half full vessel would be. And it's easiest actually to give from an overflowing vessel, right? You need people to catch the excess. And I love to think about women, especially taking the time to fill themselves up in a way that anything extra is just gravy on top, right? We, we can just, we can share the love, we can spread the love and we have ingrained sort of in our genetic code, I think the ability to build each other up in ways that allow us to overflow. And we kind of all band together in this, this form of, you know, I don't know, linking arms together or shoulder to shoulder and being able to build one another up. And so when somebody's vessel does, you know, get emptied because there are hard things in life and we can't, we can't avoid them and we can't soften them and nor should we because it stunts our emotional growth mostly. But I think giving ourselves the right to say, I'm feeling down and to have other people be able to pour into us is something that we are more apt to do if we're filling ourselves up and we know what it feels like to be filled up. If you've Mm -hmm. always been operating from a deficit, you don't know what it feels like to feel good. You don't, you know, you don't understand that it's better to be your best version of yourself rather than always tired, always lacking, always, you know, always on the grind in order to try and and make that happen for yourself. It's way better to come from a perspective of I'm doing this in order to better, not just me, because everybody around me benefits from me being my whole self. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You said that so well. So I I love the, the morning routine for you because, well, I'm lucky enough to have my youngest is eight. So we're getting out of that night waking all of you know the time that it takes to just readjust your own schedule for their purposes Mm -hmm. so I'm out of that phase and so I know how hard it is to steal that morning time away if you've got more you know night wakings or if you have little ones that are early risers it's difficult but there is (laughs) there is peace coming there is you know there's more time waiting in the wings for you in that morning hour and Mm -hmm. And I even found in those times with my youngest, it took me until my youngest to figure out if I didn't get the time in the morning, if I earmarked nap time as not a time to be productive for the household, but time for me, mm-hmm. it sort of, it didn't, I'm a morning person, so it didn't replace my morning time, but it at least gave me time to say, okay, I give myself permission to reset for this time, you know, reset for my family. And so stealing those snippets for yourself is not selfish. It is in fact sort of 
the birthplace of all of the abundance of joy in your life. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So now that you are, you know, you're running this wonderful business that is affecting lives for the better everywhere. And you're encouraging all of us to be more mindful and inspired by, by fun things in our lives. How do you, cause now I know you are, are you still homeschooling or did you just homeschool? Do you still homeschool? How do you capture that magic in your everyday? Cause now that all of the rest of us either have had to or have to, or are still homeschooling and maybe not, that wasn't a willing choice necessarily for a lot of people. How do you capture that magic in homeschooling and sort of give, give that hope to your children in that, in that method? We're going to just shift gears here a little bit. Yeah, this is great. That's a good question. I'll be honest. I don't always capture the magic. <laughs> There's some days when it's not magic. There's some days <laughs> when it's like, Oh, it's like today, grind. for example, <laughs> today I said, uh, my husband was home working from home in the morning. And I said, uh, can I call in a substitute? And he willingly stepped in and I said, here's the <laughs> curriculum, I opened the lessons for him, gave him everything he needed. And I said, I need a day off. So thankfully we only do homeschool for two hours at most really in the morning. And so he was able to step in. And so I'm lucky to have that support when I need it because mm-hmm. not all the days are magical, but I will say there are definitely magical moments and those have come when I've let go of my to-do list and my, well, we need to get through this lesson yeah. or we need to da, da, da. And when I let it be child led because children are magical and uh, they have amazing questions yeah. about the universe and they, and for me, the magic comes from following those and letting him ask those questions and searching for answers together. So yeah, when it's child-led, then it becomes really fun. And I feel like a child again, too, because I'm able to delve into subjects that, you know, I normally wouldn't take time to research because I've got a lot of other things to do. But now doing homeschool, it's fun to be able to explore more things I'm interested in and things that he's interested in and to answer these questions together. So that I think is where most of the magic comes in. Well, hello parallels into like, just relax a little, let life take you places. And you're like, children are like the masters of curiosity and intuition, right? We socialize out of them when they need to eat and we socialize out of them what they need to learn and what benchmarks they need to hit. And, you know, we kind of have, well, for good reason, we've created social structure around some of those things. But we also need to, as adults, go back and, you know, hit a memory refresh of these things really actually are productive to our human makeup. This, This makes us better to delve into our curiosity or even the fact, because sometimes what I found in, we, we only distance learn on Fridays now, but in the spring, I loved delving into their curriculum and just saying, hey, look at all these other cool things that your teacher maybe didn't get to point out because of time constraints. So we can go into all these other fascinating subjects that, you know, that you didn't even know were a possibility because there there wouldn't have been time in a traditional classroom. But now we have time and we can talk about why the plant structure is the way it is or how it's different in each plant or what have you. You can kind of 
find more enlightening things in the little bits that are given. And I, yes. I love that reminder that being more childlike, I get that it's probably not going to go off very well in the boardroom, but at the same time, we all love the person in an office who is quicker to like ease up the tension or to say, hey, I know this is hard, but if we really put our heads together, we could come up with a creative solution. You know, I feel yeah. like those people were the people in the play yard saying, let's build a fort. Let's, I'm sure we can all find a place to, you know, get together for a clubhouse or what have you. But yeah. I think just remembering that childhood is, is meant to be a basis for life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you only get one, right? You only, yeah. you really only get one childhood. And earlier and earlier, I feel like society likes to cut it short. They want you to grow up sooner and sooner. And maybe you did miss out on something in childhood that you feel like you should get. So get it now. You know, there's a way to, I feel like, a way to repair that in adulthood that doesn't mean you have to go build a treehouse right now. Mm-hmm. You know, but you could, but you could mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Or maybe you just need to build something that's not for a purpose. You know, you just need to play with materials with your hands. You just need to, you know, find a creative outlet for yourself in a way that gives you that same curiosity and high of children. So I've gone off on a tangent, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like, no, I love I, it. I'm I think falling. that we don't, we don't give enough credit as adults for the time that it takes to reset our brains to that creative mode. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that I loved everything you said, because I just got back from a creatives retreat. We all got our COVID tests before we went, we were all socially distanced in our own rooms and all of that. But, um, it was incredible because the whole purpose of this retreat, um, through my friend, Miranda, she, she's incredible and preaches this, the importance of making space for play and creativity. And I was able to go and teach, you know, some meditation and yoga at this retreat And it was just a bunch of moms. It was just a bunch of moms. And I mean, not all of us were moms, but we were all women, adult women. And we all, you know, took the time and investment to get away from our day-to-day lives and just reset, like you're talking about, and find that creative spark within us. And it was incredible. It was magical. And just to be out there and to not have an agenda to not have, we didn't even go anywhere and like travel around and sightsee. It was just, you know, a few days in this beach house where we just each had our individual projects, the things that made us happy to work on. And we just worked on those. And, um, and for me, something that I learned from that, cause I went in thinking, okay, I, I had just come from, you know, my busy life. And I was like, got on the plane, got there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have, I'm going to write this many words. And, you know, I had a productivity mindset, mm-hmm. but then once I got there, I was like, oh, I don't need that. I mean, I will write and that will come, but I'll just let that come organically. But what I need is to reset mentally and emotionally and just be here and slow down and let go of the to-do list and the productivity because productivity doesn't always have to look a certain way, like you said. Um, And so for me, my lesson from that retreat was that productivity and progress are not linear. It doesn't have to be, well, if you one plus one, then, then you go to step two and you know, it doesn't have to be a certain way. And it doesn't, it's definitely not the same way for everyone. Progress looks different for everyone and 
productivity looks different and we need different things in order to be our best productive selves. And sometimes that's not doing anything. Those taking those breaks and, you know, playing in the sand, which I did one, one afternoon, I'm like, I'm just going to go lay on the beach and find some shells and, <laughs> and play in the sand and the water. And that was just as productive as the full on writing sessions, getting words down. Which so, is yeah. awesome. Well, especially awesome that that was an environment where you felt like you could say, I'm just going to go do this, right? There wasn't the expectation of everybody report back what you're bringing and we'll all keep each other accountable. It was an environment specifically geared toward recharging that creativity in you. Not everyone can get away, especially right now on like a retreat like that. Yeah. So I just want to reiterate that you can find that space and make that space in your own life, in your own house, whatever your schedule is. It's just the whole point of me sharing that was just to allow yourself that space to reset and then to be creative, creative, however you want to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the answer to the question I was going to ask is like, do you think that that, you know, that's a, a possibility for everybody? And I think it, it's true that we do make our own environment um, to foster that and to make sure that we have time to do that. And, um, and I love that you went and got away that, that sounds so much fun, especially with Moran, but where do you find things that inspire you? Like like when you're feeling uninspired and the normal things just aren't quite cutting it, where do you look for new inspiration? Honestly, I just get outside being outside, even if I can just get to my backyard (laughs) or we have these lovely trails around our house. But sometimes there's something about being inside for too long that you start to feel like things are closing in on you Mm -hmm. and it becomes hard to find the fresh perspectives and getting outside, you know, and walking, especially in nature. It's actually walking is a meditative practice and it can um, scientifically open up new brain pathways. And it's, you know, it's a really productive practice for, you know, gaining a new perspective and opening up those new creative ideas. So I love to walk outside in nature. And there's also equal research about what nature can do for you in terms of grounding you and centering you. And so for me, when I need inspiration and need to reset, I just need to get outside. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that is something that everybody, um, everybody can do something of. I know that, you know, there's, there's different perspectives everywhere of how much we should be staying inside and keeping away from each other. But I think that finding your own little spot of ground outside that's, you know, that's something that everybody can do. So thank you so much for your time today. I have loved your perspective. Um, and tell everybody where they can find you online. Okay. Yeah. So I am at talk to me, Instagram and promptlyjournals.com. So you can find me in both of those places. All right. So I wanted to thank Kim again for coming on and being interviewed. She kind of did back-to-back interviews. So she was a good sport about us recording and she did a fantastic job. I just want to remind you that your fun doesn't look like anybody else's fun. And so for the month of June with our theme being fun, this is kind of the last week, but I do want you to plan some fun for yourself, plan something fun to do. If you need some ideas, you can go back to week two where I talked about 35 fun things Or you can come up with something that sounds fun to you that you can do by yourself. You can sound, you know, something that sounds fun to you and your group of friends. 
do what works best for you and plan it today. We need the play, the fun, the spontaneity, the curiosity in our lives in order to propel us, even for the causes that we are engaged in for good, can benefit from our having fun in, in those causes. So again, I just want you to remember that this weekend is for you. And here's just a little reminder to play good, think good, and do good. Because a little from everyone is all we need.